Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Let's talk today about how LTE will be the foundation for 5G, the wireless foundation for 5G, because we all look forward to 5G. It's coming out, it's coming on, it's coming big, it's coming quickly. I know they say 2020, but I really think we'll see something by 2018. We'll see testing in 2017. I do. I see it. Ask Verizon, ask AT&T, even Sprint and T-Mobile want to try something. However, don't look at 5G as a new network, okay? Look at 5G as the super het net. That's how we should look at 5G. It's going to be a super het net. Why do I say the super het net? For those of you that don't know, the het net is a heterogeneous network, which is something we don't even talk about now because it's just the way networks are built because the het net is a combination of spectrum, a combination of solutions, a combination of base stations and things like that. So when you look at the het net, you can think, well, it's not just the AWS band. It's not just 2.5 gigahertz or it's not just Wi-Fi. It's not just LTE. It's not just LTEU. It is going to be a combination of all of that together, especially LTE. That's going to be the foundation for it on the carrier side because the carriers don't want to replace their system. First, I want to thank my sponsors, Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com. Tower Tracker Pro has the solution for your closeout packages so that when your crew goes out to the site, they can go there once. They can get everything done step by step that's in the software as a service. It will walk you through it so you understand what to do. Even your tower climbers will know what to do step by step. They will take the pictures and it will resize them and put them in the proper place. And then before they leave the site, they can upload it and someone back at your office can do quality control to make sure everything looks the way it should. How cool is that? That's right, TowerTrackerPro.com. I would also like to thank Tower Safety and Instruction, and they can be found at TowerSafety.com. TowerSafety.com. For all your tower training needs, for your safety needs, your OSHA training and things like that, but also drone training for tower work. They have a specialized drone program that they teamed up with unmanned aerial experts to bring just you and also my books, the 4G, the 4G. I'm so used to saying 4G and 5G. It's actually the wireless deployment handbook. It's the LTE small cell CRAN and DAS edition, which I made just for you guys. It's in there. Go to my link, Wade, W-A-D-E, for the number four, the number four wireless, wadeforwireless.com. And you also, if you can, Go out to iTunes or Stitcher or Overcast or whatever you use to listen to this and subscribe. Please subscribe to this. And I also have a newsletter too. It's in the blog. Just subscribe to it. Hey, and the other thing that's interesting that I found is I found a book on Kindle about DAS. It's a Kindle book about DAS and it's fairly cheap. It's like $3.99. I bought it. It's so cheap, I bought it. But anyways, it's a pretty good book. It's by uh, the people that work at Daspedia, and I thought it was pretty cool. So if you guys get a chance, go to the uh, website, and it is an Amazon link. It's uh, one of my sponsored links, so I do get about three cents 
off everyone you buy. But I do like it. I thought it was a pretty good book if you're into DAS. If you're not into DAS, you'll have no interest. DAS is distributed antenna systems, which DAS will be part of 5G. That's right. We'll look at DAS as part of 5G, just like everything else in the HetNet. We have to look at LTE as a foundation for 5G. But first, I'm going to give you a quick history lesson. The carriers, when they went from 1G to 2G, what'd they have to do? They had to overhaul the network and do upgrades and put new equipment in. When they went 2G to 3G, some went to GSM, some went to CDMA. They had to put all brand new equipment in. But back then, the upgrade cycles were longer, so they could actually get their system paid for. Plus, now that everyone has a cell phone, there's more competition. The coverage is very close to each other. So competition is much stronger than it was back then. Coverage is a lot closer than it was back then. So prices begin to drop because much like the carriers treat the tower industry, now the carriers are becoming a commodity. Wireless phones, smartphones, data, it's becoming a commodity. When things become a commodity, prices drop, which is good for you, stinks for the carriers, but the carriers just, they just trickle that down. All the money they make, all the billions they make, they want to give more and more to the investors and they want to give less and less to the contractors. It's just the way it is. It's the way it works out. It's the way it's always been. It's the way it's going to be. It's the way it's going to go in the future. However, not here to complain about that or gripe. What I'm here to talk about is how going from 4G to 5G will not be an equipment overhaul. That's what I want to explain today. So here's what the carriers are going to do. And I'm writing a book about this. I have a book coming out about the migration from 4G to 5G and also for contractor efficiencies. I've been working on it for a while. And quite frankly, I just need to finish. I think I'm like 60,000 words in. Words, I don't know how many pages. I did a lot of drawings in this one. So I think you guys will like it. But anyway, enough of that. Here's the thing. When we look at the 5G network which I did a blog about it. I'll put a link in there. We have to look at the 5G network as a collection of networks, right? For one thing, when you get on your wireless network, as you guys know, you usually have a fiber or a microwave backhaul, but even the microwave backhaul goes somewhere where there's fiber normally. And that goes back to a core. LTE has changed all that because it's a complete IP system, internet protocol, IP. And what they can do is move the core anywhere. They can use cloud computing. They can bring things closer to you. And hence, that is why we want to bring latency down. That's one thing you'll see in 5G. 4G, it wasn't a big deal. Data is data. And now with smartphones, people are using less and less voice and more and more data. They text, they email, they get on websites. They use it for different purposes. They do like video. And the next big thing is going to be where they use it for more than just video. Virtual reality, which will be so cool. And I think the first big user of virtual reality is going to be sports. So just get ready. Well, anyway, I want to talk about the migration from LTE to 5G. LTE is currently thought of as 4G, but 4G is going to go away and they're going to have 5G, which basically what's going to happen is the speeds are going to get faster and the formats are going to change. So let me paint a picture for you. LTE is going to stay here. They're just going to improve the bandwidths. Now, a lot of the OEMs are coming out with really cool names. And the names are like 4.5G, 4.5G Pro, 4.9G, Pre-5G, 5G Ready. They got it all. And I know all it really is is a change of speed. There's a couple other tricks you should know about. What the carriers have been doing to save money, they don't want to overhaul the equipment or replace it or put up any more spectrum before they have to because they're trying to figure out how to do it 
the best, the most cost effective way they can. Look at AT&T. AT&T, I mean, they basically either they lied or they had no clue what they were going to do in the field this year. They they said they were going to spend a lot of money and they really scaled back way, 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 way back. They're spending money, but not near what we thought they were going to spend from what they announced at the beginning of the year, beginning of 2016. So with all that said, I know I'm whining and droning on, but they don't have to because they're doing a lot on the software side to make sure that the end user, the customer, the people holding the smartphone actually see more bandwidth. And the way they do that, and it's all the carriers, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint, they use carrier aggregation where they can put multiple carriers together to make it look like one big pipe, which is really cool, especially when a lot of these older spectrums like the older bands are so narrow with bandwidth they don't have a lot of bandwidth because they came from the cdma side maybe some from the 2g and 1g side they're trying to put all that together to make it look like one big pipe and for heaven's sakes when you go to the fcc for spectrum now it costs billions which means any small business is out unless they can raise billions you know just to buy air before they even deploy any equipment with all that said and i know i sound very negative but there's a lot of things to the industry that frustrate me right now i think the small business owner is at a very big disadvantage i think you have to ride on the carriers back and the carriers know that and they can pick and choose who they want to succeed but i think if they see a good business plan and something profitable they will and i know i'm i'm drifting again sorry i just can't seem to focus today let's get back to how lte will be the foundation for 5g so what they're going to do they're going to do everything i said to carrier aggregation they're going to improve throughput and eventually they're going to put new equipment out there that will make it faster more efficient and more amazing than you've ever seen it that's why these oems are coming out with all the cool products like 5.g oh, i'm sorry 4.5g pro and 4.9G and pre-5G and 5G ready because they want to be ready for when the carriers say go. But a lot of the carriers are going to put in some of that. They'll test with it, but it's really just a stepping stone to 5G because that's what they want. They want 5G. The reason they want 5G is for more than just, say, virtual reality. Virtual reality is going to be something really, really cool, right? We're going to love it because it's just going to be something where you can see a sport in almost 3D right in front of you while it's happening can you imagine now the cable companies will get in this too but the cable companies they have a lot of barriers but can you imagine seeing like like i'm into american football the nfl college football things like that here in the states even soccer could you imagine seeing it where you could see every angle like you're in a front seat or even on the field or let's say over the field like in in, in the nfl they always had a blim score over the games can you imagine looking at the game that way picking your angle how cool is that i don't know if you guys remember i'm going to show my age here but when dvds first came out they used to film in multiple angles and you could switch the angle you're watching a movie or something like that when the dvd it's so cool anyway getting off point that's what's going to happen that's the solution. 4G is going to morph into 5G. 4G is going to use every technology it can and get as much bandwidth through it as it can. What's going to make it 5G? One, the speed. Two, the applications. Three, the backhaul. Four, latency is going to drop. Now, What's going to have a problem when latency drops is Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, a little higher latency, and it's not Wi-Fi's fault. It's really the network. Wi-Fi is actually very fast. But cloud computing is going to be part of 5G. It's going to be an important part. And I don't know if you guys read it, but there's something called fog computing where they bring it out right to the edge. And that's probably what they'll have at the cell sites, at least the macro sites and probably small cell sites. They'll have some type of small server that they can actually run the app in 
that will take it beyond the cloud and what they call the fog, which is right at the edge. So your latency is very low for that particular application running. So the server can actually be handling a lot of the app, like a lot of the um, programming, a lot of the processor time, while the back end, they're constantly updating and things like that. But how cool is that? That's going to be 5G. That's the reality of the network. LTE is still going to be the last mile, the last 100 feet, the last 10 feet. They're going to have 5G spectrum, which is going to be very high, like 28 gig and up. And actually, Sprint has the 2.5 gig spectrum, which would work great for 5G. And God knows Sprint's not using all of it. I don't know what they're doing with all that spectrum. But if they can deploy that for 5G, they're in a prime position if they have the money you know, if their checks don't bounce. Let's put it that way. So 5G will not only coexist with 4G, but 4G will morph into 5G. That's what I want you to picture. LTE will be part of 5G. They'll have new 5G protocols for the uh, 28 gig and up, like the 60 gigahertz, 70 gigahertz for that spectrum. They'll use Wi-Fi. They'll use LTEU. So it's very exciting. They're going to have things that are happening so fast. And you have to look at it like a caterpillar morphing into a butterfly or a moth. It's going to be something that we've always had there, but it gets so much better. It's going to be beautiful because we all want more bandwidth. And I know you don't want it right now, but you will want lower latency. In the future, you'll be a lot less forgiving when you have data problems. You're going to want seamless coverage. Latency has to be lower. It has to get the computing right to the edge. Fall computing in my opinion, is going to play a big part. And we all know that AT&T and Verizon are already looking for ways to compete with cable. So can you imagine as a fixed wireless solution, you can have something right to your house to replace your cable modem. So we'll no longer have to answer to the cable companies. And besides, people are watching less and less TV. I mean, we're relying on Netflix and things like that, Amazon Prime, to get our movies. So we're really going to rely on wireless more and more, fixed wireless. And 5G is going to be the solution for that. I can't wait. So will 5G replace LTE? Of course not, because LTE is going to be the foundation for 5G in mobile systems and perhaps even in fixed wireless. That's the goal. How are they going to do it? Like I said, I gave you the other solutions, carrier aggregation, new equipment, but antennas are going to play a part. They're going to have what they call massive MIMO, MIMO, multiple in, multiple out. That means they can do multiple signals in, multiple signals out to the same device, your smartphone has MIMO antennas in. It could have two, it could have four, it could have eight. Your, your device. Now, can you imagine bringing that to your home? You know how now you have a cable modem in your house that connects to the cable? And then inside you have Wi-Fi. Am I right? Everyone thinks I don't like Wi-Fi. I love Wi-Fi. It works great in my house, but I only have one Wi-Fi router. It's beautiful. Now, can you imagine if just on a window with an outlet, you got a wireless, fixed wireless modem that just has an antenna in the window. And instead of running any cables in your house, you have your Wi-Fi router to bring it in the house. So all you really need is an outlet, maybe battery backup, depends how crazy you are with it. And it would be in your house. No more running cables through your house. No more worried about that or where to put the cable modem or anything like that. You would just have it sitting on a window, possibly upstairs, you know, facing wherever, and you could install it yourself. So when you move, you couldn't, assuming they have signal to new location, you could do it yourself. How cool is that? 
I mean, it's exciting, right? So the FCC will allow the carriers to do this. Of course, carriers will have to pay billions for the uh, spectrum, but they probably already have it. And they're probably already coming out with new ways to do it. And the great thing is a lot of this future 5G spectrum, because it is in such high bands, a lot of it is going to be license free or it's going to be lightly licensed. It's going to be easier to get a hold of, easier to grab. If it's license free, you could have interference problems, but if it's lightly licensed, it will be lightly managed, which means you still have the potential for interference. Just giving you the heads up. But the good news is, if I wanted to start my own little wireless system, I could do it. Once 5G takes off, I could do it. Once MultiFire takes off and they have LTEU, I could do it. How exciting is that? Think about it, guys. All those wireless ISPs, if they could get some kick-ass spectrum, it would be awesome. Think about how the het nets would be used, too. You'd have small cells everywhere. You would have the macro stations covering the wide area for mobility. You would have small cells on the poles that could possibly connect to homes to replace cable modems. That's amazing. And what about 600 megahertz? You know, I was reading an article the other day about how 600 megahertz was going to be a 5G deployment. And in a way, it makes sense. And I'll tell you why. Because 600 megahertz is going to be deployed deployed at the time that 5G comes out. Why? Now, T-Mobile's very aggressive. They want to do it next year, but I got to tell you, the FCC is pushing 600 megahertz as 5G because they want to add value to it, but it just seems to be taking a long time to get through the auction. But if anyone can do it, I believe T-Mobile can. I'm a big fan of T-Mobile and what they've done here in the past year. They've really boosted their system in so many ways. Now, they aren't big in the rural areas, but they are big in the urban and suburban areas, and they've really done a lot for LTE. I'm a big fan of what Laguerre has done. Now, I give Laguerre credit, but it's really the engineers over there that have done this. Those guys are phenomenal. For the crew that they have to do as much as they did in the time that they did, wow. Good job, guys. So I just want to give credit where credit is due. Way to go, T-Mobile. Anyway, so when you're thinking of 5G, Remember that it will be a collage of technologies all tied together. The technologies will be varied. You'll have LTE, you'll have Wi-Fi, LTEU. You'll have the new, whatever the 5G uh, band is going to be in, in the 28 gig, in the 60 gig, in the 70 gig. Maybe even Sprint will deploy something in 2.5 gig or they'll just sell off the spectrum altogether. Who knows? We don't know. We can only hope for the best. But 600 megahertz might be enough for us to do like a sampling of 5G and really take us to the next level. It's really exciting. I have a link in there about the auction for 600 megahertz if you want to read about it. Right now, I just see 5 by 5 megahertz, which isn't anything to brag about. Uh, you know, it's basically 5 megahertz up, 5 megahertz down. I think TDD might be a better way to go where you would assume to have um, just a, a fixed spectrum. Now, for the 600 megahertz, 126 megahertz is a lot of spectrum. But the 5 megahertz spare, uh, paired spectrum is something that'll be fun to play with. And we'll see, maybe someone can get contiguous spectrum. That would be very exciting. But with carrier aggregation, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Maybe if someone can get 100 megahertz of spectrum, bam, they can put it all out there and just have an amazing system or play, you know, just fixed wireless, everything. It'd be awesome. Now, 28 gigahertz and up is an ideal bandwidth for the true massive bandwidth functions like virtual reality. You have a lot of spectrum. It's contiguous. It's pretty awesome. And the FCC published a blog post about it, which I have the link in there. If you go to my blog at wadeforwireless.com and you can read about it. I believe it's lightly licensed, which means you have some control over it. However, there are microwave links that still use it, so you can't just put it anywhere. But 
They have to come up with a way to get that spectrum point to multipoint. Right now, I think all the, OE, uh, the OEMs that create that equipment are all point to point. I could be wrong about that. If I'm wrong, let me know. So just, I guess, I know I went all over the place today, but just keep in mind that 5G will not just be one technology. It's going to be a network. While we look at the wireless technology, cloud computing is going to play a big part. Fog computing, I believe, is going to play a big part. Latency, low latency is going to be very important. And the other thing is, as far as a backhaul goes, it's going to have to be awesome backhaul, whether it's wireless, fiber, copper, whatever it is. You can't have this awesome spectrum out front and have a funnel filtering it all in in the back. You have to have wide open spectrum all the way to the core, at least all the way to the internet, all the way to the cloud computing, whatever. But you have to have a way to make that efficient. So that's what I see. They'll probably even have some CDMA on it till they get that off, or at least Sprint will. We know Sprint's in no hurry to get rid of CDMA. <laughs> it seems that way to me. I'm busted on Sprint here, but come on. You don't even have Volte yet. What are you doing? You're the last one here in the States of the big four. Okay, so think about fog computing. That's really important. And the way they make that happen with SDN, software-defined networking in NFV, network function, virtualization, that'll be all on the back end. But the wireless formats, that's what's gonna connect the last mile. It's gonna be cool. You're gonna love it. It's very exciting. I can't wait to see what, what's up with 5G. And I can't wait to see how they tie all the networks together. And I'm very excited to see how they hand off. As you know, there are a lot of problems handing off from LTE to Wi-Fi, but once we get LTEU out there, that is going to be a game changer because the handoff is going to be clean. Qualcomm's working on it now, and I'm sure more OEMs will be already, will be sooner than later. As a matter of fact, Nokia and Ericsson already have solutions, and they're also working on multi-fire solutions. So if you want to be in the license-free range, a small business guy, since they can't buy anything off the FCC without billions of dollars, they can go license-free like all the Wi-Fi guys did. Wi-Fi guys don't like that. They don't want to hear it, but hopefully someday all the devices will have LTE on it. I'm really excited about that. So think of LTE as a foundation for 5G, the foundation for 5G. LTE is going to get faster. The latency is going to get lower and things are going to get exciting. All right, everyone, be smart, be safe and pay attention. See ya.